Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue our exploration into oh, what I have come to call each and every Friday uh, these Catholic musings, these ponderings, if you will, over various aspects of our faith uh, from one Friday to the next. I do uh, engage your question and or questions. This Friday, what I have set out to do is offer you another musing, of course, and one that has us going back a little bit in time. Uh, On May 29th in 1874, in the humble borough of Kensington, London, England, a man was born to us that would, I think, forever change the way we look at words, huh? In commemoration of this great man that I've been made to think about a lot over the past few weeks, 145 years later, I find myself compelled to share a few words about this man that often leaves us speechless, and this man is Gilbert Keith Chesterton, otherwise known, of course, as G.K. Chesterton. My friends, G.K. Chesterton is what you get when you combine a skilled journalist, a crafty poet, a creative orator, a humble theologian, a philosopher who seeks truth, and maybe we can even add an author who knows a little something about drama. Hmm? G.K. Chesterton is a hybrid of many disciplines that, that have one thing in common in the end, the artful use of words. He was, in many ways, like a surgeon with words. I suppose this is why we have come to know him as the doctor of common sense. With his words, he had that ability to flip something upside down so as to turn it right side up. In so many ways, this inversion of writing, we'll call it, is where he lived. He lived, to coin his own phrase, in that tension of paradox. Incidentally, It is to remember that the word paradox comes from a Greek word that means contrary to expectation. Or we can also define it as a statement that is seemingly absurd, yet really true. (laughs) Putting it another way, a paradoxical view is a way of seeing something by looking at it from an unconventional vantage point. As a Christian, I think we could say... Mr. Chesterton understood well that there was no greater arena for this paradox we speak of than that of Christianity. In point of fact, the Christian genius really is realized when we see God himself as the great paradox. The popular Fulton Sheen liked to speak of of the paradox of God as God's way of doing arithmetic, huh? where loss becomes profit, weakness becomes strength, and death becomes life. 
Indeed, the tension of paradox is found in the mathematics of God, and maybe what we might also call the spiritual physics of God. If physics is the science that treats properties of matter and energy, then spiritual physics is the spiritual science that deals with how God moves in the world and in the heart of man. Certainly, my friends, in 2020, more than ever before, we are called to cross the threshold of paradox and really discover what lies on the other side of it, that altogether unconventional vantage point. So now in saying that, let us consider some of those timeless truths that fell from the ink pen of G.K. Chesterton, and in doing so, I will offer up a few words of my own as, as I was made to muse over these words over this past week. All right, our first excerpt, our first quote is this from G.K. Chesterton, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the secular world is a stream of ideas that are contrary to God's teaching and our call to holiness. Huh? In many ways, holiness reveals the degree to which we are willing to go against that stream. Remember, holiness literally translates as to be set apart. Working against the stream, we could then say, really is the becoming in our becoming holy. You know, many people today believe, if only implicitly, that to be holy is to be stifled, less free, less themselves. As it has been observed, some think it's hell all the way to heaven and heaven all the way to hell. You see, my friends, as Christians, it's vital for us that we understand that this idea of life being hell all the way to heaven and, and heaven all, all the way to hell is profoundly wrong. God is good. He is not holding out on us as Satan first suggested to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. We know that story where Satan puts this enticing enchantment before Adam and Eve. And what was that enticing enchantment? That in the end, God is holding out on you. No. God is not against us. He is for us, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. And why? Because he is love. And there is not an iota of self-interestedness in God. Huh? He is always for us. He is absolutely for us in a truly metaphysical sense. Okay, how about another quote from G.K. Chesterton? Chesterton says, What embitters the world is not an excess of criticism, but an absence of self-criticism. You see, my friends, there is a lot of finger-pointing going on today. <laughs> in point of fact, the very reason why we are reflecting upon this today is in my own reading of G.K. Chesterton and coming across this quote. It, it led to a much larger reflection, of course, you know, because in today's world, everyone's pointing the finger, but there's no self-criticism. 
And that is a major problem for any and every society that seeks to advance, let alone for any and every person that seeks holiness. It is time to point the finger in the mirror. G.K.'s words remind at least me of the importance of self-knowledge in the spiritual life. Because by increasing in knowledge of those areas in our life, those faults in our life that are holding us back from experiencing the superabundance of God's joy, we can then become the person God is calling us to be. As the great philosopher and theologian Dietrich von Hildebrand once said, our volitional acts, those acts of the will, are conditioned to cognitive apprehension. So the uprooting of our vices requires a thorough knowledge of our defects. Essentially, being equipped with an interior knowledge of our faults helps us to transform our lives concretely. So stop pointing the finger and look in the mirror. All right, third, we hear from G.K. Chesterton that to have a right to do a thing is not at all the same as to be right in doing it. I love this quote. You see, my friends, freedom is not contingent upon the license to do whatever we want to do, but the gift given to us so that we might act according to what we ought to do. Of course, in the light of the greater good and the objective moral standard. All right, our fourth key point from G.K. comes in the words, Love means loving the unlovable, or it is no virtue at all. What does Chesterton want us to see here? Well, my friends, love by its very nature wills the good of the other, unconditionally. Love never declares, I will the good of the other if. There are no ifs, buts, and so on in love. What does this mean for us? Well, that love reaches its fullness when it is exercised in mercy. Love is mercy when it encounters suffering and poverty and seeks to do something about it. Love is mercy when it encounters the supposed unlovable and wills their good. Here I'm maybe thinking about the homeless person, huh? Next time you encounter the homeless, ask yourself the question, who are you to me? Think about it. If Jesus is in the poor, then the answer to that question is Jesus. Jesus is the who. And if Jesus saves, then how we encounter the homeless is salvific. The corporal works of mercy are not only about helping other, but in helping other, being brought closer to Christ. Loving the unlovable for G.K. Chesterton is to love Christ himself. Hmm? Fifth, G.K. Chesterton says, There are those who hate Christianity and call their hatred an all-embracing love for all religions. Another favorite quote of mine. What is the doctor of common sense saying here? But that there is an intolerant nature to tolerance. We can never say, do not impose your religion upon me. Why? For the very statement, do not impose, is an imposition of a tolerance that does not tolerate. You see, because of the nature of truth itself, we must claim the absolute. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. People don't like to be told there is a measuring stick from which to measure oneself. Such barometers tell us we need to grow, and we don't don't like to be told that we are 
coming up short. Christianity is hated because it calls for growth. It calls for change. Which is counterintuitive to the secular vision of progress. All right, next in line in our series of quotes from G.K. Chesterton is this. The way to love anything is to realize that it may be lost. For anyone who has lost a loved one and feels they did not love that person as much as they would have liked, G.K. Chesterton's words probably resonate with you. Maybe we can put this quote into the form of a question. How would you live today if it were your last? My friends, one of the greatest tragedies today is that time itself is being lost to our idleness and trivial pursuits. Let us embrace the gift of time by loving one another. Okay, last here we have the words from G.K. I am. I am. G.K. Chesterton once was asked, what is wrong with the world? And his response was simply, I am. If we understood this truth for what it is, then every other truth would fall into place. Why? Because before cities, states, and nations change, man must first change. Hmm? My dear friends, G.K. Chesterton's thought is like a treasure chest of insights where you begin to expect the unexpected. The great poet, orator, theologian, and philosopher, died on June 14, 1936. Eighty-five years later, we ought to draw from his words of wisdom, a wisdom that, if you are anything like me, (laughs) will leave you speechless. Amen? Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen? And God bless you.